okay oh man i need to get new i need to get new headphones mine are like so staticky constantly if oh, like no. if it's plugged in and something else is plugged in then all i can hear in like the side is just like those are beats by dre aren't they i know they are beats really? by dre sure sorry dre make a better <laughs> do you need a new cable maybe i don't know does what it is does it detach it does it does detach. Yeah. okay um i'm not like an audio engineer well i, have, I don't know I don't you know write about products you're the product guy <laughs> i don't know anything about products <laughs> i just to buy what amazon recommends me which is what you've recommended to amazon <laughs> <laughs> oh hi everyone uh welcome back to another lovely day in the hawkeye's household authentic knowledge and feelings You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, ooh. But I'm really not funny. No, no, no. We shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. Harper. I'm Jonathan. And uh, we're joined by a wonderful guest who I'm going to actually introduce them this time because I noticed that the last few times I just hopped in and said people's names without crediting them with anything. But this guest, you know him, you love him from inside the Disney vault, from Spanish Aki Presents, and uh, you may have seen him at UCB or in that Jack in the Box commercial. Uh, it's Oscar Montoya. Hello. Hi, Oscar. Thanks for joining us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. We saw that Jack in the Box commercial in yeah, bed the other night. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, we were watching it, and then, because I didn't, I didn't, didn't really know what you look like, and then I yeah. was like, oh, that's, that's he's coming Oscar. on our he's show. Surprise. He's oh, that's be in so our weird, yeah. Yeah, so that was fun. I'm glad that that's airing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, it's like the cat cafe. I, I was shooting that day. And they switched it on me because I was supposed to be shooting something else. Mm -hmm. They were like, you're doing Cat Cafe. But I'm so allergic to cats oh, that I was no. like, oh my gosh. We were talking, Harper and I were talking about allergies before, but <laughs> like, I'm really bad with cats. I love cats so yeah. much, but I'm really, really bad. And it was um, an eventful day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you they told you the day of, like you were there. And they yeah. Told you. So you didn't have any way to prepare. You didn't have any clarity Not at on all. you or anything nope. like that. I wow. thought I was doing something, and then they were like, on that, they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's going to be live cats. And I was like, uh, cool. Wow. But yeah, it's out, and it's great. I, I, I like the spot. It, <laughs> and yeah. you're here now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you survived, made it. You, and I, you survived made it, the experience. <laughs> With that cat allergy, you guys, do you record inside the Disney Vault at Rachel's? We do, yeah. Has... But Lady is in Rachel's room, so mm. I, I it doesn't really affect me that much. Gotcha, well, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Because I feel like cats, it's just anywhere there's a cat, there's going to be like hair around, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so, Oscar, what is your relationship like with Ethan Hawke? Um, uh, you know, that's, I, I don't really have one with Ethan Hawke. Mm -hmm. Ethan Hawke is such a, a funny celebrity. Because I was, I was watching it with a couple, I was watching the movie that we're going to talk about with a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And we were all it, very interestingly having a discussion about Ethan Hawke. And I think the conclusion that we all came up with was he's cool, but we don't know why. 
Like yeah. he gives off a fun vibe. Like he feels like a like a cool guy that uh-huh. you want to meet. But then other people were like fact checking. I mean, you guys know this, but it's like he cheated on Uma Thurman with his nanny. You know, all yeah. this like really salacious stuff. So you're like, hmm, what an enigma Ethan Hawke is. So I think my relationship with the with Ethan Hawke is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen like what's your favorite Ethan Hawke movie? Have you seen a lot um, of them? I I Gattaca is like probably the one that I can be like, yeah, this is the best he's this is him at his best. Mm-hmm. But also like the before Yes. Sun Sunrise, Sunset, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like those are that's like I think him mm-hmm. just peak Ethan Hawke. But yeah, I would say those are my favorite. Yeah, solid choices. Yeah, yeah, love that before series. It's so good. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm a little. We're gonna see before midnight in a while. We're not there yet. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen it. Have you guys? Uh, before, I was gonna say like but... you guys haven't seen every single movie. No, 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 no. no. no but that you would guys be difficult. have seen. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, we started off. I would say as like above average fans who had mm-hmm. just happened to casually seen a lot of his movies mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of how it started and then now this fast food nation which we're talking about today is <laughs> our 31st ethan hawk uh this is our 31st episode of the show wow which means that Crazy. we've seen 32 because i think for one episode we t- covered two movies so wait right. which two uh, that was white. F- well, because so but what about in- the first episode? Was that listed as episode one, or was that because oh, the one where it's just zero. the introduction? Oh, episode yeah. zero. Okay. So, but this is going to be called episode thirty-one, but it'll oh, be okay. the thirty-second. Right, yeah. right. Mm. Um, but yeah, so on that one, it was um, White Fang Two: Myth of the White Wolf, which he only had one scene in. So is that an really- animated? No, no. Okay. it is a Live Disney action. movie. But- it's a Disney. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, we like to call it uh, Myth of the White Savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Hot take. Yeah. And then um, he was in a movie called Floundering, which he also had one scene in. So we yeah. did those together. So we just combined them. And then also he was in a music video, which we talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, which one? I love music videos. It was for a song called Spin the Bottle by Juliana Hatfield 3. It was a song from the Reality Bites soundtrack. Ah, okay. Because he was in that. and um, Yeah, so the music video was more or less just like they took yeah. bits there. from the yeah. movies and clips and, from the movie, and then also he like made out with Juliana Hotfield yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah, it was a fun video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this, I mean, speaking of which, this movie in particular, in terms of Ethan Hawke's screen time, mm-hmm. let's be honest, it's pretty not a lot, not a lot, right? Pretty yeah. slim. Yeah, shockingly, we were all shocked. <laughs> like an hour into the movie, we're like, is I was even like. Am I? Is this? Is this the right cast for Like, is this the wrong version of this movie? Because he doesn't appear till like an hour thirteen. Yeah, yeah it takes into a while. the movie. It takes a while. But he's great in it. He's, he's great, great in what the two scenes he's in. <laughs> yeah, it's fairly brief. Yeah, and I felt like he was really Ethan Hawke in this movie. Like he was, you know, when we think of quintessential Ethan Hawke, <laughs> this like is this is. is who he is. In terms of acting, was As, he acting that much, or was he just being himself? Um. He was acting, but it was in this way that I feel comes from like a from his relationship with Richard Linklater, where mm-hmm. it was you know probably crafted for him, and right. uh, you know there wasn't like it's not too far from other characters he's played in Richard Linklater uh-huh. movies, you know like Jesse from the Before series, mm-hmm. and um, 
other boyhood? things that I can't it, boyhood, boyhood, yeah, and boyhood, yeah. and so yeah, especially with boyhood because right. this has the whole boyhood cast in this movie. Uh, straight up, yeah. I'm like, okay, Patricia's there, okay, Ethan is there. It's like, wow, okay, so were you? Well, now because they did this one before, or um, were they shooting boyhood simul- while mm-hmm. they were doing fast food? Making? Yeah, <gasps> it was the same time. So I think because uh, boyhood same. would have started filming around 2000, mm. um, uh, like from 2000 to 20. 13 or so yeah and so this would have been in 2005 when they were shooting this one i think so pretty in it mm -hmm, yeah and i'm yeah so they were just like why don't you just hop over here and do this movie while you're taking a break from this (laughs) other movie that we're working on together yeah but you could tell the relationship between ethan and patricia i'm gonna call them by their first names because Mm -hmm. we're friends um It was like really fun. It, I liked the chem. They had like such strong chemistry in that scene. Totally. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. they were like brother and sister and they were like teasing each other. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, this feels so. What a fun scene. Yeah. Especially for such a heavy movie. It is. Yeah. Like yeah. this scene was like, ah. It was a totally needed. Yeah. Yeah. Had you, had you seen this movie before? Never even no. heard of it. I've heard <laughs> of the book. Uh-huh. So when uh-huh. you guys were like Fast Food Nation, I was like, is this, isn't this a nonfiction book? Like what? <sighs> yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you telling me about the cast, I was like, okay, I have, I have to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, never even heard about it. Nothing. It didn't make any yeah. waves in like sort of my, where I was at, you know? Uh, and it's great. Have you guys seen this movie? I had not seen it before. I had no. seen it before. Wow. Yeah, I, um, this would have been middle school for me when it came out. And so I definitely rented it from Hollywood video back <laughs> yes. in the day. Shout out to Hollywood I video. Love it. Love it. Um, aren't there, isn't there, they're like a yellow and black logo. What's their I think logo? They're yellow and purple. Yellow and purple. purple yeah. yeah. I don't really remember. It was kind of like a, I mean, they had like the Hollywood sign and it was yeah. like on no. a video oh, that's tape. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 I preferred that over Blockbuster. Blockbuster. To be yeah. Honest. Well, yeah, we shouldn't speak ill of the dead. Here. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I, I, I liked. I, I would go to. I would, I would do both. I would do. There was one like actually right across the street from here, where next to that Starbucks, there's yeah. that bank. Yeah. That used to be. Before that, before that, it was a Wells Fargo. Before that, it was a Hollywood. Wait, video. how long have you been living here? Well, I grew up in this well, area. Both, oh, yeah, we both yeah, grew up here. yeah. No way. So I went to yeah. like I went to my elementary school is like close across what? the street. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So so yeah, I've grew, I grew up in this area. Like so yeah, that used to be a Hollywood video, and then on 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 over. Down on, the, well, and down yeah, down that way and that way there was a blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. So I would oh, go. Dang. I would do. I would do both. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's a Seven Eleven nearby. I won't name the street. There's a Seven <laughs> Eleven nearby. That um. Yeah, if you could pull up a Google Maps from 2005, you could... Uh, triangulate, triangulate schools, blockbusters, Hollywood <laughs> video, and you'll figure out where we live. Yeah. I Yeah, I want a listener to like... If you can give us the address of where they live, <laughs> I will give you money. I will give you $200. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. <laughs> and a photo op. Yeah. <laughs> and a photo op. Yeah, come to our house yeah. and then take a selfie in front of it. Yeah. But don't knock or anything. Just take a picture in front of it and mm-hmm. then leave. Yeah. Yeah. So so I so I would do both the block. But I did like the fact that the Hollywood video they had like I remember they had like little Legos and stuff. They had like kind of fun stuff going on inside the Hollywood mm-hmm. video. Mm-hmm. Whereas the blockbuster was just like the cases of movies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember. How did you? Did you take an empty case to the register mm-hmm. and they give you? Yes. They put it. That's so I worked a, at Block, but that was like oh, my you first did. like. It was only a high school job. And mm-hmm. what you do is like, yeah, you take the case of it 
And then we have all of the DVDs on in the back in the back room or on file, and then we just like put it in there, right? And we give it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a like f- funny way to set up a store. Like you walk around and it's just empty boxes, oh, yeah. and then you bring the box. Like it just seems like such a weird way to set up and your for, business. And it worked. Yeah, for, <laughs> for a long time. A long time. Yeah, until Netflix um, killed them all. Yeah, yeah. there are still there might still be some as of at least like a couple of years ago i don't know if they're still around but there were a few blockbusters left in like texas alaska and alaska oh, yeah i've heard about the alaska mm-hmm. yeah they're yeah. like a handful yeah and of, then there was this like blockbuster pop-up that happened did you guys know remember uh, this there was one that no. was like uh only copies of jerry Maguire. yes uh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that just some guy though it was yeah the, but it was like a whole pop-up yeah. that was full okay. of jerry Maguire vhs's yeah. that's it's from the everything me. is terrible people mm. who do, do you know about everything is terrible mm-hmm. okay they take like weird vh like weird videos and they sort of like edit them it's they're in, it's insane and it's awesome it's one of my favorite things ever everything is terrible check it out okay i'll have to check we'll it out do. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, yes, you've you've seen Fast Food Nation before. Yes. Did you like it back then? Was it? Were you ready for? Yeah. What that movie was about. When I so yeah, I would have been maybe twelve when I was watching it. Uh, it was rough for sure. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, just that ending, in particular, is Ooh. hard. It was hard to watch then. It's still hard to watch oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it's I think rough. what was really a, a draw for me was Avril Lavigne at the time. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> Avril Lavigne is in this movie. I have to watch it. Oh, my God. So that was 2005. What was Avril Lavigne? Was this the beginning of her career? She, yeah. Where is this so on the Avril Lavigne? Ska- yeah. So is this Skater post Boy, before the time she got... Uh, she died and was replaced this was by Glenn. Oh my the gosh! Lyme yes, this is after her second album and before the Lyme disease. I saw her the first concert. She has I Lyme ever, disease. <laughs> she did have Lyme disease. Yeah, that's why the, the where the clone the theory, theory comes, comes from, from that, that she was she, replaced. That she like actually died or something, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. got replaced by a clone. So she had Lyme disease, and then now she's saying that she never had Lyme disease. No, so no, the, it's, it's the a conspiracy, conspiracy theory from fans are saying that the reason why she sucks as a musician <laughs> is because, because she was she so was great before. Well, I mean, Skater Boy. Come on. You know, why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Uh, she was an icon. Uh, still is. Love her, Avril. We love you. Come on the show. Come talk to us about Fast Food Nation. Um, uh, but yeah, so because my first concert I ever went to was an Avril Lavigne concert. No way. Yeah, it was in 2004. It was for my 10th birthday. Get uh, out of here. Did you love it? I loved it. I oh fell asleep. I fell asleep during her set, though. <laughs> but I was awake for her two opening acts, which is why I love um, uh, Butch uh, Butch Walker was her first opening mm. act. He's really great. He's written a lot of very big pop songs that I can't think of off the top of my head, <laughs> but a lot. I think he wrote Girlfriend for her. Ooh, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And well, that's, that's nice, though. Like, if you if someone writes a song for you, you become really successful and you bring them as your opening act. Yeah. Like, that's, like, a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. She paid it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then oh. Gavin DeGraw opened for her as well. Oh, okay. yeah. Nice. I know. Like a, yeah. Lifelong Gavin DeGraw fan. Yeah. I don't want to be is my go-to at karaoke. Yeah, and then as soon as that, the headliner show up, you were like, "Okay, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is so <laughs> fun," but out. I'm uh, <laughs> but I'm ten years old and it's past yeah, my bedtime. Yeah. Just well, looked at your little watch. You're like, oh, I'm yeah. ten. Good night. <laughs> what was your first concert? Oh man, I I didn't like really go to a lot of concerts as a kid, actually. So. 
one of my I remember one of the first concerts that like it was like when we in college went to the metric concert oh Ooh. yeah like, is that when you like almost died yeah oh i was like gosh, I, was, what? I was really sick like i had like i had like the flu it was really really bad yeah. i felt awful but i've gotten to see them again which was yeah great. So better was than nice. yeah okay good but for you um but yeah i i didn't really go to a lot of concerts as a kid i don't really know why but i hadn't really yeah, I mean, there might have been a few like free ones and things like, like I, that. You went to that yeah. Jesse McCartney thing, right? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. There was like a taping of some show, and my sister was going, and and then and I don't remember exactly what the show was, but it was like at the Nickelodeon um, studios. Studios, yeah. yeah. And there was some show. I don't know if it was a sitcom. And I also think that I might be conflating like multiple things at once. <laughs> I'm not even 100% sure I even went to this. <laughs> but like, yeah, it was like Jesse McCartney was doing his. Who's Jesse McCartney? Uh, he just you thought, you're a beautiful soul. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No relation yeah. to Paul. Sir Paul. Paul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sir Paul. Mm. Yeah, he is a sir. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Fast Food Nation, tough, tough watch. Tough watch, tough watch. But what I will say is, what a like celebrity parade this yeah. movie was. Yeah, you had. 100%. Let's talk about this cast. You had Greg Kinnear, Greg Kinnear, and Paul Dano, both Paul from Dano. Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, yeah. oh that's yeah. true. Yeah, we had um, Patricia Arquette, mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis yeah. Avril Levine. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilmer Valderrama. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Wilmer. Um, um, Bobby Cannavale. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. him. He mm-hmm. and Ethan Hawke are like best friends, and I love that for In them. In real life? Uh, yeah. No way. Yeah. What? Yeah. He, it's like the, like him and Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke are like all together all the time. It's very oh, cute. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. They, I think they've done a lot of theater together. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big theater guy. Yeah. Oh, who played the girl? The... Um, Catalina Sandino Moreno. Oh, her? yes, yes. yes. She's, she's really good. She's Colombian, and I'm Colombian, so I'm like, yes. Nice. And also, she was nominated for an Oscar for a movie she made two years before, which is called Maria Full of Grace, mm-hmm. which, oh, if you haven't seen, seen it, no. is incredible. It's, about it's a been drug on my mule. watch list forever. Yeah, it's another really heavy movie that it's like, okay, you gotta be, you gotta have, you gotta be in a certain place. To watch this movie you can't just be like i'm gonna watch this it's like it's, it's heavy you know right yeah but she's so stellar in that movie and i think she's stellar in this one too yeah i know um, her from the affair the showtime show oh she's, she's in that. yeah she's so good in that show yeah. like all my affair heads out there uh, you know <laughs> uh yeah no she's really great she plays joshua jackson's um wife and it's 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 good it's there's a lot of interesting complicated stuff with her um with her uh i don't know with her being like a stepmother to his child and like mm. uh the his wife before and their relationship it's all very tricky i mean everything in that show is really tricky yeah, and yeah, complicated yeah. and it's really good Damn. is she the one that's with wilmer in this movie yes okay. yes yeah. yes I, i'm not familiar with her work yeah. but and uh who played the the college girl or the high school girl oh um that was uh, she's I, been she, in tons of stuff well because she's like oh hold on i gotta, I gotta double actor, check I she's ashley johnson yes and was she i thought she was is she related to dakota johnson Ooh, they look similar they look really similar but maybe i'm just imagining that i think what i really know her from was that one scene that she was in in that avengers movie 
where she's like the waitress and then there's a big thing about to happen and she turns her head oh, yeah that and was the, her yeah that's what her. the hell was she doing there i don't know yeah what's going on yeah wow. she i guess she was like a big child actress she was in growing she's pains growing pains yes 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 yeah yeah i'm trying to figure out if she's related to dakota johnson maybe she's not though huh but they, they look, look very the similar same. they look very very similar yeah that's so that would be so maybe they just left it off the off the wikipedia page if, yeah. her, if your sister yeah. was dakota johnson I maybe they're like, like well her wikipedia well page. uh her dad is don johnson who's also an actor and Dakota mm-hmm. Johnson's parents are both like famous actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 we'll never know. We'll never know. There's no way to know. There's no way to find it. Yep. Um, Chris Christopherson is oh, in yeah. it. Yeah. And we think like, what oh, yeah. Else? We watched, um, he was in Ethan Hawke's directorial debut. Yeah. Um, Chelsea Waltz. Chelsea Waltz, yes. Ooh. Yeah. Was he good in that? Uh yes, Chris Christopherson. I mean, it's Chris Christopherson. He's That's always true. love him, love him. Um yeah, my favorite. I mean, this is so ridiculous, but my favorite uh, Chris Christopherson bit was from um, Joyful Noise. Oh, <laughs> <Harper>. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's underrated. Can we just talk about how when they take an Usher song and they make it about God? God. Yeah. It's oh really good. Oh my gosh! Not a, not enough people are talking about joyful noise. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. You got two powerhouses, Queen yeah, Latifah, Queen Latifah and Dolly, Dolly Parton, Parton, and then Kiki Palmer Kiki and Palmer. Jeremy Jordan, oh. and Chris Christopherson is a ghost. Like, wow, he, oh it has God. it all. Okay, clearly I need to see this. Yeah, I can't believe I haven't made you. I've like. I've had several sit downs where I've made people watch yeah, Joyful yeah, Noise yeah. and somehow Jonathan you hasn't somehow been made it. Yet. Oh. Get out of here. Yeah, I made yeah. Uh, your sister watch it once. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. What did she think? <laughs> I don't think anyone really enjoys that movie as much as I do. <laughs> but Well, I'll have to see it. I mean, you know, Queen Latifah's, she's, you know, she's cool as fuck. She's so. great. Yeah. 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 And. Dolly Parton yes, and as Dolly well. Parton. Are yes, we forgetting no, that Dolly Parton no, is in I'm this not, movie? I'm not. I'm not forgetting. I'm yeah. just, you know, <laughs> I, I just the do, you know Dolly Parton. I feel like is it like well, goes. She's without, having a real cultural moment right she, now. She, she really is, is but yeah. it, but really it also it also kind of goes without saying that Dolly Parton is like a legend. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas like Queen Latifah, I feel like could get a little more love than she gets. That's true. That's all I'm saying. Mm, good point. So Very good point. I total respect to Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, she, you know, she does get... She is she is a revered cultural icon, as mm. is. So. Mm-hmm. Queen Latifah should be an icon and isn't yet. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. Uh, Dana Owens, a.k.a. Queen Latifia. Latifia? <laughs> that's, her, that's how her song goes. She has a song... That's... Uh, Oh man, it was like a bonus track from the Chicago soundtrack, and so like everyone starts introducing themselves. Everyone in the song starts introducing themselves, and she goes, "Dana Owens, aka Queen Latifia," and it's it's so good. What? Yeah. Could you be the biggest Queen Latifah fan? No, definitely not. I just I was a big Chicago fan when that movie oh, okay. came out. Uh, yeah, big big Chicago fan. And she um, was great in that. She was nominated. I, yeah. I was a fan of this movie that she was in. Called Taxi. Oh, with Jimmy with Fallon. With Jimmy Fallon. Oh my God! <laughs> what? Yeah. You were a big fan of Taxi. I wasn't a big fan. I <laughs> watched. Huge, you were huge. It's your favorite yeah. movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, he would pretend he was in the taxi with Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not get out of hand there. I watched it like once and I enjoyed it while I was watching it. It's not something I've revisited a dozen times. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just when it was happening to me, I was like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, you do quote taxi <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, is this from Taxi Driver? And you're like, no, it's from Taxi. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> what if Robert De Niro was in taxi honestly very i'd I'd love that cameo it's plausible yeah he i mean he'd do anything yeah (laughs) but he can because he's robert de niro that's true anything do whatever he wants wait did you guys still like fast food nation did you enjoy it did you enjoy the movie i thought it was pretty good like it's not the best movie i've ever seen um but i think that it's it's kind of it's a difficult task to try to show like kind of every part of the process Mm -hmm. of fast food and like different people that are involved at different stages in their relationship with it it's kind of difficult to show that it's kind of like this is a movie i talk about a lot on the show but traffic which Mm -hmm. is about drug trafficking and so you see no he's not but it's just um kind of a similar concept where you get to see like people that use drugs you get to see like you know the dc people that are involved in legislation you get to see the drug like kingpin in san diego mm-hmm. who's on trial and then you also get to see the people like the uh where the drugs are coming from in mexico and so you get to see like every different kinds of like stories and relationships mm-hmm. with the whole process and i think and you know that was pretty similar with this where you get to see people that are you know migrating to america and right. then you also get to see people working in the plant and you get to see people working for the fast food company right and people consuming it and people who are just working in this you know in the stores right so this- it's kind of it's a big task to show all of those things. Huge undertaking. Yeah. yeah. It feels very like Robert Altman-y mm-hmm. in the way that Nashville was where it's like a bunch of separate people coming together in the third act and like, and okay. you're able to see that. However, like the subject matter was so sobering and then I think tonally it was a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it was moments of like such sadness and I mean the, that final scene is <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I think it like was even more jarring because the rest of the movie felt sad but not super heavy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there were moments of like levity, like uh, Ethan Hawke's scene was good. I mean, the the Bruce Willis scene was also like funny, I guess. There were like funny moments, mm-hmm. you know? But then to all of a sudden be like, oh, by the way, this is the point of the movie. As soon as like that guy falls into that machine, spoiler alert, yeah. um, it like suddenly changes tone yeah. wise, and I'm yeah. like, oh, "Okay, what? This is the same movie that I saw guys cleaning up and the like rats, and that the guy was scared of rats or whatever." I'm like, "What? It's it really feels uneven for me." Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then you also have you know, on ones there's like the. Um, Avril Lavigne and Ashley Johnson and all those you know the college kids that are trying to free the cows, which is kind of like, uh, you know that they kind of they kind of see a problem, but they don't really understand the whole problem, and it's very kind of surface level, um, right? Yeah, for them, and also you know the way that they're dealing with it is kind of it's it's not like a very serious like 
you know, good way to deal with the yeah. problem. And didn't it feel to you like it was so, I don't know, like college movie in that where it was so, I was just like groaning about it because of the, where they like take, like they take the fence out and they're like, mm-hmm. go cattle. And then they stay and they're like pissed. And when they talk about it, they're like, maybe they're comfortable there. And it's like, this is such a freaking metaphor for us. Yeah. Uh, we're cattle <sighs> and we blah, blah. It just felt very college film yeah thesis project to me yeah yeah Yeah, i did kind of think that like i mean this is not exactly to the point that you're making but when when the college stuff starts happening i'm like okay this is a little bit more like what i think of when i think of a richard linklater movie (laughs) Mm. yeah um because this was a little this was a little different i feel like from a lot of his other stuff Mm -hmm. yeah there's a bunch of stuff that was like never really resolved that whole iou with ethan hawk scene of like by 21 yeah. You know, don't get pregnant by 20. And it's like, and the whole time I'm like, she's going to get pregnant. Yeah. She's going to get pregnant. That guy, Paco or whatever, <laughs> he's, he's going to get her pregnant. Yeah. And then when that didn't even, wasn't even close to what happened, I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the movie did have a problem of, you know, I get the point is that you're seeing this like process from a bunch of different angles. And I think that's an interesting idea. But I think they did set up some things that they didn't end up resolving it all that they just left kind of hanging Mm -hmm. and i think from like just the filmmaking standpoint of it like you know even like paul dano's character where he's like talking about robbing the like you set it up and it doesn't end up going anywhere nothing we like he doesn't show up for the rest of the movie yeah you see him you see him basically at near the end where she is quitting the job um and that's kind of the last time you see him and then you know, we get a lot of these characters that get set up and they don't get really their stories mm-hmm. resolved. No. Um, and obviously, like, having a resolution is not always what you're going to get. But, like, when you're when you're going to set up all these characters... Because we spend kind of a lot of time in the beginning with this oh, Baldano character. And you think, like, you think, like, we're going to get something out of it. But he ends up being basically non-essential to the plot. Mm-hmm. So and I think that I think that was like a kind of a mistake for this movie to to try to set up so many characters. Yeah. I think even the Ethan Hawke character like I you know I enjoyed his appearance but it wasn't really essential to the plot. No. no. I mean I guess it like that seed of like him being this rebel in college and then getting kicked out and not finishing college. Mm-hmm. Like she looks at it and was like I want to be like my uncle cuz That's true. You know? Yeah. So that it's is sort true. of like but then again the cows don't leave. They don't really cause any problems. No one is being reprimanded. Like, there's no consequences yeah. for that. That scene couldn't have happened, and it would have been the same exact movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that idea, because it's at two ends. It's tricky because it's a fiction movie adapted from a nonfiction, like just a very clinical portrayal of the fast food industry. Mm-hmm. Right. So Linklater just, like, embellished a bunch of stuff that essentially never really mattered, and as a matter of fact was distracting to the main point until the very end which is like oh by the way look at how this is, yeah how bad this is and right? my understanding is that that was actually that that was an actual like footage yeah really yeah, 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 an actual yeah. Plant, yeah which i guess would make sense because it would be very difficult yeah. to create especially to on a richard that. linklater yeah. budget exactly. like yeah to... those weren't cgi cows yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it was real but i think that i think like to, a little bit to your point like the fact that this is a fiction movie allows you, because obviously there's a message of this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it's fiction does kind of allow you to uh, 
disengage from the message a little bit. Yes. Because all of these people are, they're not explicitly based on any real people, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and these incidents, like the injuries and things like that, you know, of course there are injuries that happen in factories and things like, like in any sort of industrial setting, like, but the fact that they're not based on explicitly real events, um, it kind of allows you to be like, there's a little bit of, of like a, a, a distance between you and this fictional universe. Yes. Cause you're like, okay, this is something that could happen, but it didn't literally happen. Mm-hmm. So you don't get as much of that message and also yeah and also like for a case in point the scene where the guy falls into that thing and then loses his uh-huh, leg his legs. we never yeah. see him again for the yeah, entire yeah. what that we like focus on will wilbur valderrama who just fell it didn't look like it was that far like that high anyway and like hurt himself yeah no consequence he's gonna be fine paralyze him like he's paralyzed right yeah make the stakes higher so it's more important i think that the his like wife in the movie th- that mm-hmm. trajectory feels yeah. the more real to if, me yeah it feels very heavy and very it, it consequential does, it does feel like requiem for a dream in a weird way of like sort I've of that one. it's intense but it's like <laughs> that idea of like she ends up doing something she at the beginning didn't want to mm-hmm. do she's yeah. like i don't ever want to work there i don't want to and then gets sent in the butchering the worst part, place. You know? Yeah, that she yeah. Can and she does it. She has to do it. To me, that's like that's the story. Yeah, but it's been watered down by so. It's like very bloated with yeah. all these other messages that like don't really go anywhere. You know, so and e- and even Greg Kinnear, who I would say is the protagonist of this movie. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like your way into the story. Yeah. Exactly. His his arc is like having a change of heart to eventually just not to start back at one essentially so he doesn't change you know i think he i actually think he does i think what happens is that he realizes how bad it is but because of his own circumstances like he can't leave this job because Mm -hmm. he there's this like one kind of almost throwaway scene where he's on the phone with his wife like and he's trying to explain and he's like no we're not gonna have to move again like you know right Uh, and so he's saying Uh uh-huh yeah, he's I saying. Mean, I forgot about that scene. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, and it's not you know, so you don't really get to like sink your teeth into like what his situation is. Mm-hmm. But for me, it seemed like they had moved around a lot, and he was trying to like settle his family in one place. And the only way for him to do that was for him to keep this job. Mm-hmm. And even though like I, you could see, I mean, I feel like in that final the end credit scene where he's doing the new, he's showing the new campaign. Right. He looks so dead inside. Yeah, like yeah. this is this is just what I have to do. Yeah. I know I know now how bad it is, but this is my only option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you he wants to do something about it, but every avenue he's tried to go down, it, it it's proved that there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I yeah, I think that I think that his his arc was interesting and I think that her arc was interesting, but a lot of the other characters did feel kind of Yeah. A little bit fillery. Um, so I, I do think there were a lot of things that were really that I think the ending itself was was pretty pretty powerful and pretty effective. Ah, we're back after some technical difficulties, <laughs> um, but everything's okay. Everything's Sorry, I got fine. really mad and just started trashing the place. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies, Oscar. Um, so yeah, what I was saying was that I think that that their two stories end on a it's an interesting ending for them, but I think a lot mm-hmm. of other characters didn't get. Totally, yeah. I think S- service the the way that they 
it might have been like a stronger movie if more things were wrapped up with a similarly grim you know uh if they all ended so grim right yeah if like she was expelled from school i know the stakes Mm -hmm. are not as high but yeah for her yeah it is yeah because that's her goal is to become an astronaut so school is important do you know what i mean yeah also how silly an astronaut i mean not that it's silly (laughs) no everyone should be an astronaut if they want to but really (laughs) astronaut okay um like even the kid the kids crossing the border Mm-hmm. Like there's a shoe that there was a shoe and it's like, oh, wow, this is serious. But then what happens to them? Well, they make it across the border, but then they become a part of the system. Oh, and that's how the movie ends. Yeah. With two little kids meal or whatever. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Ugh, yeah. That was rough. Okay. There's also something that I want to talk about <laughs> in this movie. So uh, in terms of Latinx representation, Mm-hmm. it's incredible to see like a lot of Latinx performers like really shine in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That being said, there is not one Mexican actor playing a Mexican in this movie. Really? They are all non which is wild. To yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. When you're in California and especially in Hollywood, it's like there's tons of incredible Mexican actors that are good enough to be in this movie. Wilmer Valderrama is Venezuelan. Mm-hmm. The the other the other lead is Colombian. Mm-hmm. You have um, what's his name? Uh, Luis, Luis Guzman, Guzman mm-hmm. who is Puerto Rican. You know, like no one. What happened to the Mexican? And <laughs> Wilmer's Mexican. I'm so like because I'm I'm Colombian. So like, and I cannot do accents at all Mm -hmm. and when i go in for auditions and stuff they're like you have to have a mexican accent and i just straight up like won't i like i can't i can't do it i won't do it um but wilmer's accent is so distracting because it is a very bad mexican accent Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just so like i know that he's like a celebrity and like yeah, I, I guess you have to have celebrities in this yeah, movie. I'm sure there are some deals that are made with the studio oh, to be like, gosh. listen, we'll give you this movie, but you got to get that guy from that uh, 70s show yeah. in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's just, uh, oh man, it, yeah. I mean, it's I'm I'm torn about it because it's like, yeah, it's great that it's like not a not a, a Italian American right, 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 right. person like yeah. how they used to do way back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. like finally Latinx representation, but like not one Mexican actor in this movie yeah. about illegal immigrants in Mexico. Crazy, crazy. Do we, but do we know, ex- do we know explicitly that they are? Cause I mean, there's a lot of people that come from like Central and South True. America and that pass through Mexico, Mexico to to, yeah. and through the, to the U S. So do we know necessarily that they're not Mexican? really uh-huh. except for the wardrobe? And I, and I say that because I clocked it right away because uh-huh. what Wilmer was wearing was straight up Mexican cowboy costume. Okay. It was uh-huh. vaquero costume. Right. And then they put, uh, her in a poncho just to be like, hey guys, by the way, they're supposed <laughs> to be Mexican, right? Mm-hmm. Which is still like, we got a ways to go, Hollywood, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Richard Linklater, work on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, it's like, I, I feel like Richard Linklater movies are, have, like, almost all of them that I've seen have been pretty much. Just white people. white people. Yeah, there's no yeah. people of color in that movie. Yeah, so, this is the most diverse yeah. movie. Yeah. Seen, I think. So I mean, at least there's that. That's you true. Know. But no, I mean, obviously, I, it's I, integral to the plot. How yeah. are you not gonna have 
people of color in a movie about fast food nation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate the fact that you have people of color in your movie. I like that, Richard. <laughs> Ricky. But Rick. Come on. Come on, Dick. Do better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, oh, I did want to note that this is our second Paul Dano movie we've watched on our journey because he was in um, Taking Lives. With- what is that? <laughs> Yeah, he was he's young Ethan Hawke in Taking Lives. Yeah. What's yeah. that movie about? Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's an absolutely... Is that the twist? The twist is that he's young <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Well, you don't know. You don't know who he's going to end up being. It's true, yeah. So, actually, it's kind of... It, um, um, it's with Angelina Jolie. I really I'm, would not really recommend this movie to anyone, if I'm being honest. It's It's... <laughs> absolutely bonkers yeah. yeah it's wild what year did this come out 2004 this, yeah, this was, okay. yeah this was a we couple just, of movies ago yeah right? we just did this a few weeks ago with caitlin durante mm-hmm. came on to talk to us about it um oh it was taking lives and then and then assault on precinct 13 and then, and then lord, lord of war, war and one. then this one yeah. which they, those the, those two kind of feel like a companion to each other and then lord of war and this movie kind of feel like companions to yes, each other yes i agree because lord of war is a similarly kind of political movie Kind of about, about the process of something that kills people. Yes, in this case, it's like the arms trade. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it does. It actually does kind of feel like a companion to this. To yeah, this movie. I feel like this. You could do like a really bleak triple feature of like this Lord of War and Thank You for Smoking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is Ethan Hawke in that one? Thank no, you for smoking. Oh. He's not. But. But and I think that's the best of the, the three best that of we've the three. mentioned. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that movie it, like we really talked about it, it. We talked about it last yeah. week because of because of the relationship. Because of the relationship, yeah. yeah. Um, I do feel like that movie balances the humor with the message, with the like having a balanced tone throughout. Yes. Mm-hmm. With having like the seriousness without feeling overly like preachy, you know, like Yeah. I think also that movie was a little more focused narratively as well mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah i think this so because it's like, basically Ooh. it's basically focused on um kind of, uh, uh, Aaron Eckhart yeah, 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 and yeah. like his relationship with his son while he's on this work trip yeah basically so i haven't watched the movie in a long time but yeah i, I haven't remember either, but I, I remember i remember liking it yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was good there's one part of the scene i'm i will say and fast it has nothing to do with the movie at all it's just a fun little thing that i saw in the scene where Ethan Hawke was there, it's so funny because I was, again, we were all so excited for Ethan Hawke. Like, we uh-huh. literally cheered when he showed up. We were like, <laughs> finally! Um, but there's a scene where he's talking to Patricia Arquette, who uh, works at a pet shop, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And in the background, there is this gorgeous cat painting. Mm-hmm. And I tagged you guys, and, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Sure, and I was like, oh my God. And it made me realize, like, this is why I was meant to watch this movie. <laughs> to look at this. If you guys are listening, I want you to go rewind this movie. Watch, <laughs> like, pause it, because it is there for, uh, like, half a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke points to it and is like, is that Mrs. Whiskers? Never address. At- there was <laughs> yeah. no response. Yeah. And everyone just forgot about it. And I'm like, who is Mrs. Whiskers? <laughs> what is is the story which there's two cats in there which one was mrs whiskers we'll never know why was there a painting did she paint it oh my god like that's <laughs> where is that movie that's what i want to know where is that movie where's the mrs whiskers story yeah damn 
Yeah. Is she dead? Like, who? <laughs> yeah, we don't know whose cat that is. We don't even know. Yeah. Did she buy it at a thing? Uh, did she make it? Is she an artist? Like, what? what's the story there? Yeah, she could have made it out of uh, Cody, Colorado with yeah. her, you know, paint her pet portrait career. Exactly. Uh, she stayed She stayed home with the daughter. Who knows? Oh, gosh. Yeah. What her life could have held. Dang. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably worth maybe uh explaining a little bit of what the story is right totally sorry yeah. we skipped the, the oh yeah plot. all of it <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've sort of been bouncing around and some who some of these characters are for sure um but basically it's it start it opens with uh basically opens with greg kinnear right yes does it mm-hmm. um, or does it start with well, it opens with, oh, I think it opens oh, with so it opens with a scene that kind of looks like a commercial mm-hmm. um, with a man who's buying food at a fast food place called Mickey's, and so he right. like grabs his tray with it and he walks down. He sits with his happy white family, mm-hmm. and they're all really loving their burgers. Um, and then it cuts to a group of people in Mexico that are trying to cross the border, right? Uh, that are about to, and that includes Wilmer Valderrama, right, right, and, right, and uh, Luis Guzman, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and his, and then uh, the wife and the wife's sister, um, and so they're all getting ready to go, yeah. Um, and then, and then it cuts again. There's lots of cutting in the beginning yeah, of this movie, yeah, lots yeah. of back yeah. and forth. Well, there's a lot of ground to cover. There is, yeah. And so it cuts to, this is when we get to Greg Kinnear. Right, who the is, boardroom. Yeah, who's like, uh, the vice president of marketing at yeah. Mickey's, the fast food place. And they're talking about how well this this, this new burger, the big one, is the doing. Big one. Yeah, and it was like, so it's called Mickey's, and I'm sure they, you know, they could not actually make it McDonald's. Yeah, and I don't right. remember from the book. Like, what? my understanding is that it is about McDonald's. It right? is about McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's clearly McDonald's because it's like it's called Mickey's, and like everyone calls McDonald's Mickey D's. Yeah. And um, there's always like whenever they're like driving around town, there's always a McDonald's in the background. Yeah. yeah. And they address McDonald's and they have Taco Bell. So mm-hmm. like we live in a world where mickey's is just added onto the yeah the yeah, roster yeah the roster yeah. yeah yeah um yeah and then they also they have the a burger called the big one which mm-hmm. is clearly the big mac yeah, yeah. right yeah. and then they have like a <laughs> he goes to a scientist and is like smelling uh-huh and he's right. like oh cal- the calypso caribbean flavors are tricky <laughs> which i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah no yeah uh but they're devising some like new like so they they like create the flavors in a lab yeah. and they just kind of infuse it into the food. Yeah, so yeah. it's not real flavor. It's just yeah. like it's chemicals. Yeah. So already we're like, okay, this is not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in a bad way right now, mm-hmm. and it gets worse. Yeah, and so then Greg Kinnear goes to meet with his boss, who I believe is the CEO of Mickey's, and he says. Uh, that like the fecal content of the meat is like way too high because some kids had like gotten their hands on some frozen meat and tested it. Right. And so, and then Garkinier's like, I don't know what that means. And he's like, there's shit in the meat. Yeah. And so, 
Greg Kinnear has to go check out the plant and, you know, see what's going on. I don't really entirely know. he has to go to Colorado. Yes. Yeah. The main, the plant where all the big ones come from Mm -hmm. is in Colorado. And so I'm not entirely sure how this would fall to the vice president of marketing. Yeah, Um, exactly. It doesn't seem like his job at all. Yeah. And he kind of talks about it when his wife's like, why are you doing this? He's like, well, I guess it would be a big PR problem if kids started dying because there was shit in the meat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I just feel like it should have been someone else's responsibility. But mm, yeah, what can you do? Um. Yeah, so then that's all happening, and then we cut back again to the people that are trying to cross the border, and then this car starts to, in the middle of the night, a car starts to drive up behind them, and they all have to, like, run and hide, Yeah. and there's, and when they end up, like, leaving and getting to the car that's going to take them further, the one guy did not make it, and yes, there's Roberto this, was his name. Yeah, and there's this horrible scene when they cut back to him where he's, like, shirtless and, like, stumbling through the desert, and it's just yeah. totally horrible to watch yeah and that's where we meet uh louis guzman who's yes he's the one that's driving the truck mm-hmm. and he like pulls a gun and he's like don't fuck with me basically mm-hmm. yeah. um so yeah not maybe not the nicest guy and they so they go to um yeah they all basically end up in uh this town small town mm-hmm. called Cody, Colorado. yeah yeah, yeah. Cody, a little bit outside of Cody is where they have this meat uh, factory Wait, farm, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, but another thing I wanted to note about, um, so, like, all of the the people that came from Mexico, they all end up in this, like, really tiny motel room. There's, like, maybe 30 of them yeah, all cramped yeah, yeah. into one tiny motel room. And what I really did like that I thought was effective was you know, all of this cutting back and forth, they cut from that scene to a scene where Greg Kinnear is in this really yes. spacious hotel yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know, laying out his suitcase, he's hanging yeah. up his suits and he's watching like porn, porn. really loud. It's like, what a weird like bad okay. lesbian porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I thought that was really effective in showing like, you know, these mm-hmm. two different, you know, stories. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. the other half lives, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he go? He goes to Mickey's mm-hmm. and meets the girl, and yeah. then Paul Dano looks at them and gets jealous. Yeah, why, and I he spits know. into the burger. Yeah, yeah he but does, like, why yeah. does he do? Does he do it to all the burgers, or because <laughs> he was like glaring at Greg Kinnear, right? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I didn't understand. I that think part. the I think the idea was that she, he kind of liked her. And then this. I think it was that, but also Greg Kinnear did say, like, when he was, uh, he did say, like, I'm actually the vice president of marketing yeah. for yes, Mickey's. And yes. I think he heard that and was like, fuck the man. I'm going to oh, spit in the man's burger. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, they they talk a big talk about being anti establishment, anti Mickey's. Right. You know, and like they, they work for... they're going to rob it. But right. really, he just, you know, continues to work there. But, like, spitting in a burger is like a small act of rebellion, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think that maybe he's a little bit more. He has a slightly like anti-establishment attitude in a way that isn't coherent, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, true to I think a lot of people who, who like they're anti something, but they don't really know what it is or like what how to express that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's I guess his way of maybe expressing that. But I think also he was kind of jealous because he did talk yeah. about like he was talking about how much he he hates the like the boss because like he's. He's always like checking her out. Like I, there was, it did seem oh, yeah. there was some like yeah, kind of implication that. of like that he was jealous and that mm-hmm. he seemed really upset that she was leaving the company, uh, whatever, like quitting her job, mm-hmm. which she does later on. 
Um, so I think there was some sort of implication there that he, I don't know, liked her and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But yeah. it's a shame we don't re- ever resolve that storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is unrelated, but have you guys ever seen the movie Compliance? No. I've heard of Compliance. That's it's intense. A really intense movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that at the New Art over <gasps> here recently. Uh, no, when it came out, like was it was twenty ten. Yeah, it was really intense. It was really good. So this movie is basically about. Um, it's based on a real story. Yeah. yeah. About a guy that would like call people and get them to do like horrible things mm-hmm. by like use, like, you know, making it seem like he was an authority figure on the phone. And so he called this, um, like fast food restaurant. And so there was a, like a young girl that worked there and he ended up having the manager who was a, like a middle-aged woman do all of these terrible things to her. Like, uh, you know, like strip her naked, like check her to make sure she didn't have any like drugs or weapons on her, like tie her up to a chair. It's it was just all this like progressively That's terrible freak, things, yeah. and it was all over the phone. And Damn. yeah, anyway, I was just thinking about it because she's like because it's like a teen girl working at a yeah um, yeah at a fast food Jeez. joint. The power of suggestion insane. is insane, and, yeah. and power as well. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. If you're looking for uh, <laughs> another dark fast food movie, uh, check out Compliance. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely also would recommend checking it out if you're working on your end of decade lists. It's, um, you know, it's, I think it'll get an honorable mention mm-hmm. on my list. Okay. I yeah. yeah. I, I heard really great things about it. Yeah. Gotta check um. it out. Yeah. Uh, great performances by Dreama Weaver and Marco Martindale, I think, and that or Anne Dowd. Oh, oh no, it's Anne Dowd. <gasps> yeah. Anne Dowd is in that movie. I think she's. I oh think, yeah, my I think she's the manager. Yeah, amazing. I'm gonna she's double check stunning. that real quick. <laughs> I love Anne Dowd. I've been saying all kinds of things today. I don't trust myself. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> been trying to convince her that it's okay to be wrong sometimes i like to be right it is and out you you're right <laughs> thank goodness and she usually is that's the thing she doesn't believe herself i tell her you're probably right and then lo and behold turns out she was right <laughs> but then so occasionally she'll like once in a blue moon she'll be wrong because this is what happens when you're a human it's being traumatic every time and traumatic. she'll be like and she'll be like you see this is why i should never trust myself <laughs> That's okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so Bobby Cannavale is like the line supervisor yes. at the yeah. plant. Um, I I think that he's like such a he's like a pretty well developed character. I think in this mm-hmm. movie, cause in a you know, because it's such a big ensemble and not everyone did get as much development. Yeah, I think that he is like a pretty clear character. Like yeah. he has power over all of these people, specifically women. Uh, who he'll, you know, sleep with and give drugs and uh, then yeah. manipulate, uh, you know, and he's in a, a, a position of authority over them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he wears this gigantic belt buckle, which I also thought, like, was like, <laughs> oh, like, we know who this guy is. The second he walked into yeah. the room, it's like, we, we know who this guy is. Yeah. Um, he actually, I was very impressed by his language skills. Mm-hmm. He spoke Spanish very, very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if he, like, is he if he's fluent in it but i was very very impressed yeah mm-hmm. he speaks yeah. spanish well um 
Do you have any uh, favorite Bobby Cannavale uh, performances? Are you a, are you a fan? I a yes, fan of I think he's I think he's great. I think he's very attractive. He is. <laughs> Let's yeah. not lie. <laughs> uh, and you know he plays a creep, but man, he looks good in this movie. Yeah, he does. Um, but I actually saw him on Broadway oh. on a oh, what is the name of that play? It's not a musical, uh, and it's about stamps. It's like this drama about stamp collecting. <laughs> And he was so good in it, and I got to meet him. Wow. And he was so stoned out of his mind, <laughs> and it was amazing to see. That's funny. Wow. I'm show, oh, what's it called? Mortis? Is it? Now I need to check. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of his from, like, when I was a kid, I watched Will and Grace. So to me, he'll always be, like, Will's husband from Will and Grace. Uh, okay. Oh, he's he was on that show. Yeah, in the in the later seasons, they get they get married and have a kid. What? Yeah, except for uh, I complained about this all the time, but when they brought the show back a couple years ago, they completely retconned it so Will and Grace were both single, like and oh, had no, no children, even though in the original show they both had children and That's, like partners. Listen, if you're gonna do a uh, honor the original work of art. Oh, Bobby Cannavale's mother is Cuban. Oh, oh okay. so. I kind of know him from. How do you say this word? Oh, they moved. They lived in Puerto Rico. Uh, I don't know. Mauritius. 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 Yeah, that's the yeah. play that I saw him in, and it's the best thing he's ever done. Wow, it's so good. Anyway, that's my answer. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of know him from like Master of None. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. He he's plays the that. chef. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chef Jeff. Is that yeah, his name? yeah yeah yeah. Which he's great in that. Like yeah. he's so he's so. Yeah, he's, he's good. Mm-hmm. A good actor. Yeah, not a I lot of people talk about him, him, and I think he's so great. Mm-hmm. He will always have a career. Yes, I mean, he's that good. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. I think he's just one of those guys that's just like kind of just been around and consistently good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way that isn't like a big star way, but just yes. in a way that's consistently working, which is you know a good thing too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strong character actor. Yeah, he was in this movie a few years ago with. Um, Al Pacino, yeah, where Al Pacino was like a um, like a Neil Diamond type, like an aging, uh, you know, like pop folk star, what? and um, and so then he plays his son, and they have like a terrible relationship, but they're trying to like rebuild their relationship at the end of his life. It's oh. a, it was surprisingly good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very um, a Star Is Born vibes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as good as A Star Is Born. <laughs> <laughs> well, which version of it? There's like seven. Yeah, oh, speaking true. of, Chris Christopherson, right? Chris oh, Christopherson. Yeah. yeah. Nice segue. <laughs> segue. So, yeah, um, Greg Kinnear is in Col- Cody, Colorado, checking out the plant. And he's yes. like, you know, looking for someone who has more inside information about it mm-hmm. and um he gets connected with chris christopherson who's a rancher named rudy mm-hmm. yeah because he goes on a tour yeah. and it's it all looks like totally very nicely done and yeah everything's so white yes. yeah very like professional you don't even see the only color you see there is like the red of the meat that's like on the line mm-hmm. but yeah, you don't yeah. you know he doesn't see the cows that are like right. hanging you don't see like the you know the entrails pools and, of yeah. blood you know yeah the gross stuff we get to see at the end yeah mm-hmm. yeah but he never sees that yeah yeah and then so uh chris christopher's character brings that up he's like because he asked him like did they did you go to the uh did you go there he's like yes i did and he's like he's like i did a tour and it looked great and he's like what well, did they take you to the killing floor and he's like no 
and that's kind of yeah. yeah. He sort of starts to piece together that. Uh, yeah, and then the, his like wife maid I don't know Maybe, who it yeah. was. Yeah, was like yeah, my brother used to work there, and they like the the line went too fast, so that's why they there was like feces spilled all over the meat or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's when he realizes like oh yeah, this is just as bad as. Yeah, and he asks like, "How often does that happen?" And she said, "Every day." Every day. Yeah. Sobering. Yeah, it made me feel really good to be a vegetarian, <laughs> <laughs> which I did for health reasons recently. I, oh, I really? Went vegetarian, but uh, yeah, now I'm like, oh. phew. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Oh, also. Uh, so after that, he ends up meeting with Bruce Willis, who's like their liaison with the plant. Yeah. And so um, one line that Bruce Willis had that did remind me of both Lord of War and uh, Thank You for Smoking. He said, um, 40,000 people die in automobile accidents every year. Does that mean Detroit mm. should stop making cars? Um, and this, the, the kind of like the tone that he had and like the, the concept really yeah. related to those other two movies for me. Mm. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, the part of me that, like, you know, to debate in high school kind of just, like, latched onto that. It's, like, logical fallacy. Yeah. It's, like, false equivalence. Um, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> because the, the, the comparison doesn't exactly hold up. Mm-hmm. Because if the reason that the accidents are happening is because there's something wrong with the cars, then the cars are going to get recalled. Mm-hmm. The reason that the co- people get into accidents is because people are careless. And, you know they're getting into accidents like mm-hmm. cars are made to be generally pretty safe it's just that people don't operate them the way they're supposed to be whereas this situation it's that there's shit in the meat like that's a different kind of yeah mm-hmm. so obviously like he was using this allegory to, to sort of defend the position but like the the logical his logic doesn't actually hold up right which, whatever. Well, that response mm-hmm. is in the director's cut. of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I wish I had, like, I wish we had time to watch all of the movies, like, straight, and then also with a commentary. Like, that would, because we did that once with, but we did it only with uh, Ethan Hawke's, like, movie he directed, right, right. which oh. I feel like it was kind of worth it. I mean, that it makes sense, yeah. To, yeah. you know, to hear what he had to say about it. How many movies has he directed? I think he started four movies. Wow. I think, yeah, he did, I think, Three narrative and one documentary, mm. I think. What was the documentary? Uh, Seymour, an introduction. Oh. It's about a pianist oh. named Seymour or something. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, but yeah, and then his three narrative were um, Chelsea Walls and then Hot Estate, which we're coming Hot up estate. on. Hot yes. I haven't seen it, but I have read the book, mm-hmm. which he also wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm very <laughs> curious to see how that goes, where he's you like... You should do a comparison. Yeah, yes. I Yeah, I read it a while ago now. But I, well, I did read it a few months ago, mm-hmm. and I'm still on... I've really taken a long time on his second book ash wednesday um mostly because i set it down and then never picked it back up mm-hmm. again nothing against the book i just haven't read it in a while um <laughs> but uh yeah no i'm definitely interested to see how it compares to the book yeah. and also what it's like for ethan Hawke to essentially be playing his own father yeah i think that movie a la honey boy, honey boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. True. What um, a great movie. yeah so we'll see i mean you know i don't know we don't know how Biographic, autobiographical, hottest state is, but I think from the locations and the content, the and yeah, yeah, that we can, you know, 
that's that's pretty close to him, <laughs> his own life. Um, speaking of Ethan Hawke, he shows up in the movie finally. Finally, yeah, yeah. So and so fun. What so a fun, fun character. Yeah, he's a he's a funkle, a fun yeah, uncle. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Really cares about the girl. Yeah. What is her name? What's the character's name? Uh, Amber. Amber. That's right. Right. Yes. Right. yes. Um, and Amber has a, she's fun because she has a really good relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. And Very Gilmore Girls. Yes, like yes, teen yes, mom, yes. you know. Exactly, yeah. Like yeah. mom who think, yeah, best friend slash mom, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and her connection to this broader story is that she works at one of these Mickey's. She works at Mickey's. The mm-hmm. one that happens to be in Cody, which is yes. where mm-hmm. the meat Close is to the plant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a couple uh, most Ethan Hawke line potential <laughs> potential most Ethan Hawke lines from from this scene. Um, he said, uh, "Well, fucking a, do it." Which <laughs> felt like him. And then he also said, "I didn't take down the whole line, but he started saying, I read the study the other day.' Oh, yeah, I literally just yeah. wrote down. I yeah, read the study yeah, the other day. I did That's too. all I had to write down because it's almost word for word from uh, Waking Life. He yeah. has a scene oh. where he, he starts off. I read the study the other day about people that do crossword puzzles and whatever. Yeah, but um, so that felt really. True I also wrote him. down when he said the airstream." <laughs> Because oh, yeah. uh, Patricia Arquette is making fun of him for having lived in a camper, and he's like the airstream. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it just yeah. felt kind of funny. And what then a great relationship they have. Yeah, they're so fun to watch on screen yeah. together, and yeah. I really liked this. It's like a nice contrast from Boyhood, where mm-hmm. they have such a tense, you yes. know, on-screen relationship. But like, because they've clearly spent a lot of time together, like filming Boyhood for several years. Yeah. By this point, it had been several years. They probably met up a few times yeah. for that. Um, they have, yeah, they just have great chemistry. So it was nice to see them be positive yeah. together. And he also had great chemistry with Amber. Mm-hmm. Like in that scene in the bar, yeah. it, it was so great. He has such a cool, uh, such a great vibe. Tonally, so different from the rest of the movie. Because <laughs> yeah. everything was so sort of like, you know, sloggy, a little slow, a little like, okay, we get it, we get it. And then he shows up and it's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it felt really Linklater to me. Like it felt yes. like he felt like a real character from a Linklater movie. Like yeah. they were in Colorado, could have been Texas though. <laughs> and uh, you know, it just it. And there's something about I don't know. I mean, because they've made like nine movies together. Mm-hmm. Like they just are so bonded yes. in that way that their their voice is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did. I I felt like oh, I can see the Richard Linklater in this more yeah. here than I could in any other scene. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Ethan Hawke was like playing mm-hmm. do you know what i mean definitely and same thing with patricia arquette they were both playing having yeah. fun there was this weird shot where amber and patricia arquette's character while well, she was like doing the homework typing on that like ancient apple yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah you know the, little, the imac yeah whatever, the imac the yeah. colorful ones with yeah. the yeah jeff goldblum was like the spokesperson for it mm-hmm. um and She's wearing this like very like low cut shirt. Yeah, cleavage is like boom, huge. Then she like lies on the bed, and there's all these like different shots of her having a, this conversation with Amber. And there's a shot of Patricia Arquette from like you could see it's a shot right into her boobs. Where she's like <laughs> talking about dogs. She's like, "We got new dogs. I just wanted to hug them." And they like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just really so the gross. Up. It was like, yeah. It's like very jiggly shot. You know? <laughs> like, Whoa, who is this for, Richard? Why? Why this shot? It was yeah, I, I, it, it felt a little excessive. Yeah, yeah. it was like so unnecessary. And that was the only shot that was shot that way. Yeah. 
It's like, what? Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole segment felt like different. Everything with mm-hmm. with Amber and uh, Patricia Arquette like felt like a different movie. Yeah. 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 The way that they were, you know, acting, they were like freer in their performance. Mm-hmm. You know, where this the rest felt like really kind of somber and scripted. Right. You know, they felt you know freer, and it was it was also like brighter too, like visually. It was, True. They yeah. were you know in, inside a well lit house, and yeah. also um, the scenes with Amber later where she's at the college or all those like college dorm fluorescence. Right. So that was you know it like looked visually yeah. very different. Yeah, for sure. And he's sort of he's yeah he's a little bit of like an inspiration for her to not be yeah to kind of quit this job to get out of Cody mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and also yeah. to stop working at Mickey's because he really yeah. rags on her oh for, my gosh yeah yeah, yeah he's so all anti mm-hmm. anti corporate yeah yeah so I like oh. There's yeah. a Walmart and a Kmart and Target. Yeah. yeah, but then he also says, you know, I'm just going to build some cabinets for some rich asshole that's probably only in his place in Montana for two weeks of mm-hmm. the year. So, you know, he also acknowledges the ways in which he's part of a system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and then also during that part, he says, and this is my real most Ethan Hawk line. I forgot <laughs> I had it. But he says, I'm probably going through some full of shit early middle age shit. Mm. <laughs> and I just, mm. Yeah, that was the most. That wasn't the character. That was Ethan Hawke. That was just Ethan Hawke talking. (laughs) You know. Uh, Yeah. And we uh, near this time we meet Avril. Avril Lavigne. She's so Canadian. Her voice. So Canadian. Canadian. (laughs) Like wow, you can't really. What's the story there? Uh, What did she? Was she like, I want to act, and then her people like got her this role, or yeah, was Richard no Linklater was like, I need Avril Lavigne to play this? I, character. I was kind of imagining like, because he has kids, doesn't he? Like, how old uh, yeah. were his kids? Um, Avril Lavigne oh, fan age. I was kind of thinking would have been a fan. I was kind of thinking like maybe that like his kids were a fan. He's like maybe I can try to get so... Avril Lavigne into this. I mean, movie. it was harm. It's a harmless role, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, it yeah. was totally. like sort of just. I mean, who did she? What was a character that she played? Like, She's like a college student, basically. I think yeah. her name was Alice. Yes, Alice. That's right. Yeah. Alice. Yeah, that's the safest place to put Avril Lavigne. It would have been a mistake <laughs> if she was cast as Amber. Holy right, crap! Right, right. But I think that was like a fun place. And then you know, Avril Lavigne is not an actor. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. Like at all. <laughs> she said one line that I was like, "Oh acting no!" Acting debut, the yeah. very first time she did it, but not the last. Mm, no, I don't think so. That's... But also, you know, I don't think she is an exceptionally great actor. But to be fair, I think what she was given in this part of the movie, like her character and the guy that she's with, basically kind of exist as like we're college students and mm-hmm. we're explaining the problems with the meat industry now yes in a way that's like kind of I, I, this is where they start to kind of hit you over the head with it mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what she she was working with she was she had to explain corporate beef production <laughs> so there's no there wasn't really i feel like there wasn't a lot you could do with that that wouldn't sound like really stiff, stiff yeah. right? Which is how it came off. Yeah, it was. It definitely came off as her just trying to memorize her lines. And yeah, say, yeah, mm-hmm. as best as she could. Yeah, I felt like the whole 
um all of the i kind of felt like all of those college kids were a little stiff though yeah because I agree. they all said man about 500 oh times God. well that's how college kids talk <laughs> it's i mean <laughs> maybe um i did also used to say man probably that much though uh i've i've moved out of it though um but yeah also i thought it was funny that i feel like there's only always like one like radical white guy named paco oh my gosh yeah i was <laughs> like what isn't is that this? in uh across the universe too i think logan marshall green plays a, a guy named paco what? I don't know, yeah maybe. yeah because um i think that's who that is logan marshall green who directed adopt a highway starring ethan hawk <gasps> out now on amazon what um but yeah he yeah, because that's uh, Jim Sturgis's character gets all jealous because Evan Rachel Wood is spending more time at the you know the Revolution mm. uh, HQ with Paco. Dang! <laughs> and then he has Paco. to sing a uh, Revolution. Ah! <laughs> really angry at Paco. <laughs> I love that movie. I'll never get over it. Anyway, but this Paco is angry. He's yeah, angry because he's like, "We're just doing nothing, man." You're gonna Can't write a letter, like, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Amber is like on board. She's like, "Yeah, maybe we should do something. We should maybe we should cut the gate, uh, like the fence, mm-hmm. and let them all out." And Paco's like, "Yeah." And I think she had like a crush on him. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think she was more into the idea of like being just with these cool older yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of her him. uncle's influence being like, yeah, my uncle did this. I should do this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see that scene and it is so <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah, they cut the gate and the cows just don't like mm-hmm. move. Yeah. Yeah. And then a car shows up, but then they don't get caught because I was like, oh, they're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. And then she's going to, nope, they get away. Yeah, scot free. So it's like, what was what was the point of that? Mm-hmm. Only to give us this sort of idea of the metaphor of like, yeah, maybe they like it in there. Yeah, they don't know any better, <sighs> like us, man, man, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, and I think we from here we get back to the plant and that accident. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's where it starts to get really takes yeah. a turn, freaking rough. Yeah. yeah so they're yeah they're using those power hoses to clean out the machine mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the machine starts going and um uh wilma Valderrama, his partner raul i think mm-hmm. um like or you know his they're like teamed his up his name was i think wilmer's oh was his name raul? raul yeah i don't know what the other guy's name was yeah Honestly, which like to be fair there were irrelevant too many characters yeah, so many it, characters and also like i feel like there were a lot of people in that plant who were unnamed like yeah you know, yeah even though they had lines yeah yes yeah i don't remember uh, but he was the guy that they were kind of hanging out with a little bit and he was mm-hmm. the one that was saying like oh i'll get you yeah you can you can join my bank account basically because mm-hmm. basically he was saying like you can't keep just stashing the money that you're making. You have to do something yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, I think this is another kind of, I think they wanted to touch a little bit on like another sort of political issue, which is the sort of predatory nature of, you know, same day loans and like payday yeah, loans course. and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that was a, a little moment of, of another issue that, that is related, but not directly mm-hmm. related to this Mm-hmm. to this problem mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so he falls that he like loses his leg. It's like carnage. Yeah, really mm-hmm. rough. It's yeah. Wilmer falls down, and they like really the camera really lingers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's we like watch gory. it it's like up slowly gory. eat up yeah. his leg, and then yeah. like he's able to swing his other leg mm-hmm. out out of the way, but like that one. So, yeah, and yeah. then Wilmer sort of pulls him up. He starts. To, he yeah. yells like, "Stop the machine!" Someone runs and stops it. Wilmer helps pull him up, but he falls from the like sort of platform where they are down and lands on his back on like a metal, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. some sort of piece of machinery that, but something that doesn't move. It's it's not like a direct threat to him necessarily it's just that he yeah. falls and he lands on his back yeah, yeah. metal is hard metal yeah. is hard yeah mm-hmm. and um when so he they he gets he's in the hospital and so that his wife comes and there's a, a guy from the company and yeah, also a translator I thought this was fantastic yeah that was ugh, like this it was so upsetting because he like placed the blame on yeah, Wilmer. Yeah, he's like yeah. Uh, he tested positive for methamphetamines, mm-hmm. which maybe he did or maybe he didn't. But it's like so obvious that everyone at this plant is using drugs to like manage the fact that yeah. of like what the job is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then also the thing that really got me was it was like, oh yeah, he got beat up pretty bad, a few broken ribs, a concussion, and the disc. You know, yeah. a, a disc thing that he may or may not have had before, and mm-hmm. it's like, fuck yeah, you, this yeah, guy yeah. fell off of a machine straight onto his back like yeah. this is why his disc is like displaced yeah that was so like so awful yeah. and also how cold he appeared mm-hmm. and how warm the translator appeared to me yeah. was a really interesting thing and also like in terms of the methamphetamines like i i was like whether or not he's taking them is irrelevant yeah. it was to me super cool how not cool but interesting how he was like it's your fault. It's your husband's fault that he did. It's not our fault. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it was an inconvenience to us. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, that he was on drugs on the job. That's not tolerated. So it's like we wipe our hands clean from this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure that that's not the first or the last time that man has said that. Oh, yeah. You know? Totally. So it was like, oof, just so ugh, yeah. gross. Yeah. And also the fact, like, even though there's a language barrier between him and uh, Catalina, I forget, I don't remember the character's name, mm-hmm. but even, Coco. Uh, no, Coco's a sister. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, but even though there's a language barrier, he's not looking at her while he's talking to her, like yes. telling her all this terrible stuff. Like, you still should look at a mm-hmm. human being when mm-hmm. you're telling them, like, oh, yeah, you're firing your husband, even though he was just injured on, yeah. on, on the job, you know? Yeah. Like, it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about Coco at all. Yeah, she's yeah. So we sort of set up early on that she she gets kind of, I think she gets kind of warned by someone else that mm-hmm. she's working with. She's like basically like, hey, this Bobby Cannavale guy's a dick. Uh, he's he like goes after all the pretty girls and then he leaves them, uh, gives them drugs, like treats them bad and then leaves them. And even knowing that, she kind of they they sort of start. A sexual relationship mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happens it's a cautionary tale yeah he, he get, he's giving her drugs he's like having sex with her and then he ends up mm-hmm. sort of he he starts sleeping with someone else but then she kind of she gets back 
Well, yeah, they have like a real like, dom. like a dom moment. Yeah, she like <laughs> yeah. grabbed his ball. So yeah. Like, yeah, you better not do this thing again. And yeah. then she says it in English, so you know it's serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's not fucking around. <laughs> and then they like have sex in the in the meat, meat locker. Room. Meat locker, yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, yeah. I think she kind of like she just kind of assert herself. And then she ended up transferring over to like shipping and mm-hmm. packaging, which is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah, got off easy. Good for her. She <laughs> yeah, got yeah. she got out of the out of the meat part. Yeah. And yeah. uh So she did kind yeah. of break that that prophecy a little bit. Mm-hmm. That it, it was about to happen, but she ended up kind of reasserting her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Position. And it seemed like she got off the drugs. Like she was doing lots of drugs yes. while they were having yes. sex. Yeah, yeah. Um and then it seemed kind of like cuz later she says, "Oh, I was a mess there for a while." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So she was able to, you know, get out of that situation. But is... then because Wilmer was, you know, just like out of commission, she mm-hmm. has to do this. Uh, his wife has to like find another job yeah. and then talks to Coco like, hey, can you hook me up? And she's like, I'll talk to the I'll talk to Bobby mm-hmm. about it. And then Bobby's like, sorry, can't really help you. And then he has sex with her. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. she has sex with him to it's get a job, rough. and yeah. it's no. so sad. And then yeah. he still that to me was like the truest like oh what a terrible scenario. Yeah. She gets a job, but she gets a job at the war- the killing floor. Yeah, you yeah. know. Ugh. Which we know, I mean, like, obviously we can see with our eyes that it's terrible, yeah. but, like, it's what something that he had used to, like, threaten the workers earlier. Exactly. He yeah. says, you know, if you if you slow my line again, I'll, put, I'll have you pulling kidneys, mm-hmm. yeah. which is exactly what she ends up doing. She's exactly. pulling kidneys. Uh, yeah, there is, and it's just so much blood. It's... So much. It's so much. Yeah. It's yeah. so much. Yeah, so basically how, how this, this, like... This near the end of the scene, how they set it up is that she's walking. She's walking through the entire factory with him. Mm-hmm. They're kind of walking slowly, and they go past like where the job was before, where they were cutting the meat and sending it down the line. And they go past through the other parts, and then they get to the killing floor, and you see it all happen. Basically, uh, you see like they stun. Mm-hmm. the Stun gun. cows mm-hmm. and then they hook them up and they start like, like they no slit the men. throat I haven't I watched the first 20 minutes of that movie <gasps> of, what, of what movie? No, no Country, Country for, for Old Men, men. Oh, that's it's what one. the guy uses as a weapon oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's yeah. a good movie it's great um, and so then yeah they slit the cow's throat and they start like they peel the skin and they like they cut the horns yeah they cut yeah. the horns they cut the head off like they do all this this like pretty grisly stuff mm-hmm. and then they send the stomachs Guts. down the line uh-huh. and you see like this metal trough and the like stomachs are like sliding down yeah and they have to take i guess they you don't you, this the, they don't show this which is interesting because they show a lot of shit mm-hmm. but they don't show this where they take the kidneys out mm-hmm. um and Bobby Cannavale like walks her to this part and he says he's kind of standing close to her and he says like don't he says breathe through your mouth mm-hmm. and she she see her like start crying basically yeah, she's like such like good acting for yeah. her in that scene behind a mask too yeah Ooh. yeah 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 
and then someone else, one of the other women that are, is working there, she says, it's, it's not that difficult once you get the hang of it. Yeah. Which um, is interesting because at the very beginning, you know that, you know, we know from Greg Kinnear's storyline that they're not properly doing this yeah. correctly. It's like not, there's like still feces in the, yeah. and that's why, you know, yeah. it gets into the meat, you know? So, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I don't Full know. Full circle moment. It just really made me feel like all of those people should be making like $100 an hour and we should be paying like yeah. a bajillion dollars for meat like every time we eat it, you yeah. know? Because like just the the emotional labor yeah. of, of working that job. Yeah. And they're probably getting, they're, what did they say? They were getting paid like $10 a week or something? Yeah. No, they were getting paid $10, day. $10 an hour. I don't think so. That feels too high. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that's what he said because at the end of the day he comes back he has the eighty dollars because she says because they because they break yeah. the math down he says um, I think it was Bruce Willis that said this I could be wrong but I think he was saying like you know they're making two or three dollars a day and here they're making more uh-huh. in a day than they would make in a month mm-hmm. so I think they are actually making. Well, still, not enough. Not enough. Not yeah, enough. yeah, no, definitely. But I think that is, I think mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I think yeah. that's how much he said that they were making. Because he does actually say how much they make an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then we see that scene with the illegal immigrant kids, and then they're given a Mickey kids meal. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end. Yeah. Then we see these. The most confusing end credits I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh no! Oh yeah, we see then the, that and yeah, during the end credits, there's yeah. that scene with Greg Kinnear, like yeah, right. pro- with the new marketing promotion for the yeah. barbecue, mm-hmm. barbecue, barbecue big, big one. one. She's yeah. like, why haven't you done that? Before? That feels like literally the next thing you yeah you did calypso before barbecue. <laughs> what? I'm very confused. This, yeah. Why are we all celebrating? So, <laughs> so this, this is the part of the movie that made you. I was very confused. I was like, <laughs> you're like this, this is the big this thing. Is, this is all fine. This is all fine. But the barbecue? What? <laughs> Come on, guys. The answer is right there. But then the end credits was like, you know, the, the, the burgers. Yeah the, yeah, the frozen patties and then people. Yeah, and their names set, are sliding set down. Set to the most weird techno music yeah <laughs> it made no sense it was so incongruous to the movie yeah but hey that was the end of it <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that that ending scene the last i think the last maybe 15 minutes is a really like kind of intense yeah uh and i think fairly effective like from an acting standpoint of of her walking through the factory mm-hmm. and getting to the mm-hmm. the end of the line basically the worst place to be um, and and even like Bobby Kendo, you see his character changes a little bit. I mean, he's still an asshole. Yeah. And but he's like he he acknowledges at least that the situation for her is like pretty terrible. And he says he he basically gives her like a piece of you know valuable advice, which is breathe through your mouth. Like he 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 seems like genuinely yeah, but he. He said it so creepily. Yeah, I guess so. He could have so. been nicer yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, kind of a rough, kind of a rough movie. But yeah. were you guys surprised at that scene? I knew it was coming only because I was familiar with the book. And it's uh-huh. like, well, I didn't think it was going to be that graphic. Mm-hmm. But I was like, 
we're gonna see something. Yeah, I was. That yeah. was one right, of right, the right. only things I remembered from the movie from having watched it. Mm-hmm. You know, t- over ten years ago. Um, I remembered. Yeah, the only things I remembered from this movie were the scene where the guy's leg yes. came off and All the gross parts. Yeah, and yeah, and the end with the specifically. I think what stuck for me was the the hide coming off of the. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh yeah, like There's the like skinning the cow. That pulls yeah. The skin off. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Those were the, like the two things that I remembered from this movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's, uh, left an impression for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's what they're going for. Yeah, kind of makes me think of. Uh, like I kind of wonder like what the sort of cultural reaction was, like what people felt, who people felt for. Cause it's like, did people care more about these like immigrants who are forced into this terrible situation mm-hmm. or do they care more about the cows? Yeah. True. Which like, you know, obviously yeah, this is really point. shitty for these cows, yeah. but I think more so this movie in large part is a story about sort of how difficult it is to be forced to leave your home and you're put in this situation where you you're you're out of options you're stuck in these terrible situations Mm -hmm. and i kind of wonder like what what people took away more from it um because you know we don't the story with the immigrants is like not as graphic as the thing with the cows seeing their like throat slit because the the thing that the thing kind of specifically that this makes me think of is um Upton Sinclair the devil oh. yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and that story his his intention was to expose the terrible working conditions like it was a story about like suffering of people mm-hmm. and the takeaway that everyone got was like oh this the meat is like not being properly mm-hmm. taken care of and so that's how we got like, you know, all these food organizations that are dedicated to maintaining the quality of food and stuff, which is obviously important. Um, but it was kind of not the point that he was going for. So it does kind of make me wonder like what people took away from this movie more. Did they think more about like the meat aspect of it or did they think more about like the exploitation of workers? Did they mm-hmm. think about both? Like what what is it that the people think well, about I mean, when they... I think Harper like pretty much solidified that when it's like the most visceral part is the one that we all remember right the final five minutes of the movie is like what we all remember yeah Mm -hmm. it's what fast food nation really is about right it's packaged in a way where it's like look at who we are in our relationship with fast food and how we're all affected by that but i think ultimately it is just like look look at where our food comes from And look Mm -hmm. who's making our food and Mm -hmm. look who's consuming it and look at all these moving parts. But the food is always central. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Heavy, heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, So Roger Ebert didn't do like a full review of this movie, but he did it in a kind of a festival roundup where he was talking about all the things he saw at Cannes. Yeah in 2006 um but he said about this movie um this movie is not sensational unless we consider factual footage of cattle being slaughtered on an assembly line to be sensational and why should we that's how most of america's meats get to most of america's meat eaters 
The film has no special statement to make on guest workers in terms of the current national debate. It simply observes how they are imported at their own cost and supplied as cheap labor labor to a meat factory where Americans are not keen to work. Yeah, and then he says the film produces a great sadness and a greater queasiness. It's not about heroes, but about ordinary working people. Um, yeah, and then mentions that Bruce Willis scene, but mm. yeah, I don't know. Um, he seemed to like it. I guess I think he. <laughs> this kind of feels like a middling review from him. <laughs> um, and then also New York Times, I have another review. By A.O. Scott. We're in the A.O. Scott era mm-hmm. now. If we've cycled through some some different reviewers here. Uh, so, yeah, he had an interesting um, perspective on Richard Linklater in particular and, uh, you know, how it fits in the context of his other movies. He said, Mr. Linklater is a nimble and versatile director, but what he does best, what he seems to like most, is to film people in conversation. His most characteristic movies, Slacker, Before Sunset, Waking Life, consist largely of unfettered, idiosyncratic talk, and fast food nation is thick with debate, argument, rumination, and repartee. Curiously enough, the talkiness is what saves the movie from turning into a lecture. Its loose, digressive rhythm keeps it tethered to reality, while the dialogue and the easy pace of the scenes allow the characters to register as individuals, not just as types. Hmm. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but... um, I see his point. Yeah. So, yeah, and then he talks about how big the cast is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he says the cast is large. There's Ethan Hawke, exclamation point, <laughs> and Chris Christopherson, exclamation point. Um, so, yeah, that seems like a pretty, you know, positive, positive. review of this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So, you know, middling to positive reviews. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say that there was a lot of things that I did like about this movie and that some things that I didn't like as much, which was the the aspect to which we we introduce some things that mm-hmm. we don't pick up later on. Totally. Um, so I think we could have maybe done without as many characters as we had and maybe been more focused. But of course, we don't want to be too focused because the movie will, would become unwatchable, basically. It would be too difficult to watch. And having, like Ethan Hawke, uh, the moments with them where it's kind of just... It's almost a little side adventure that they go on. Feels a little, a little bit of a way to take away from the heaviness of yeah, it. Yeah, I think we needed the Ethan Hawke scene to get mm-hmm. to the cow butchering scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I thought that was like the lightest scene, and contrast it with like the heaviest scene. I think we needed that. Mm-hmm. But I also think we could have just wrapped all all of the storylines together. That's it. That's all I'm asking. E- even the movie was long already. Why not just like spend another 10 minutes just ending everybody's, you know, just wrapping mm-hmm. up that present. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I like the gift you gave me, but it's not wrapped very well. You know? <laughs> it wasn't taped at all. You know, it was just folded together. So like, yeah, just like take some time to finish everything. And then I, I think I would have really enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm. Jonathan, do you have something to share with us? Sure, sure. It's time for a hawk fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caca. Do you want to try a hawk is, noise? Is that what uh, hawks sound like? No. <laughs> what do they sound like? Yeah. Yeah, they're it's like, like a screeching noise. Yeah, yeah. it's a high-pitched okay. screech. Then what makes a caca sound? Humans. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, I was kind of wondering if uh, hawks... If hawks were mass-produced into fast food? No, if hawks <laughs> eat fast food. Oh. Um, so, uh, media mammals, uh, such as rabbits, raccoons, large squirrels, are regular parts of the diet of large birds of prey, including uh, red-tailed hawks, fairy Guinness hawks, and several other types of uh, birds of prey. And uh, I was curious, and I looked it up, and a jackrabbit, which is uh, native to uh, Western United States and Mexico, so would be potential prey for a a hawk, Mm -hmm. um, runs up to 45 miles an hour. Fast. Which is pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. The jackrabbit's strong hind legs allow it to leap three meters in one bound. Some can even reach six meters, 20 feet Hmm. in one jump. So... Some fast food. Yeah, it is some fast food. Hawks do eat fast food. And high food, too. Mm -hmm. Fast and high food. Yeah. Well, thank you for that hawk fact. Sure. It's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. I try. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, do we have any um, final thoughts about... Fast Food Nation? I don't know. What, what, what did you think of it? Oh, um, yeah. I, I, Well, I've already rated it on Letterboxd. Go follow me at Harping <laughs> About. Um, uh, I thought that it's hard to do an ensemble. It's hard to do something that's based on a true story, especially with difficult subject matter like this. Um, and it's hard to... Uh, do a different kind of movie than you may usually do, you know? And I think this was all of those things for Richard Linklater. So I don't think it was totally successful for me. Mm. Um, I did enjoy a lot of the performances. Um, I thought Ethan Hawke was fun. I thought that... um, uh, Man, I really need to remember her last name. Uh, Catalina Santina Moreno was amazing as she always is, um, some fun cameos. Um, but it just didn't totally work for me as a movie. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible either, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the scheme of things, it's like better than a Christmas Prince, but not as good as the report. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the Christmas Prince is somehow a frame of reference, especially <laughs> since it's not like, the same kind of movie. Yeah. No. Is the Christmas Prince about exposing like the the horrors of Santa's? She's a journalist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, news right there. So there you yeah. go. Ex- exposing the horrors of of Santa's workshop is what that movie's about. <laughs> no, it's about exposing the prince of a fictional European country for the mm. whatever he is. Bad boyfriend he is. Well, no, for the bad boy that he is. Ooh. Um, but then it turns out that he's not so bad after all. And after he shaved off his beard, he was pretty cute. That's and, uh, you know, they made out and uh, <laughs> got engaged. <laughs> yeah. Christmas Prince watching on Netflix <laughs> has two sequels now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Chris- a Christmas engagement and a Christmas. No, sorry. A Christmas wedding um, and a Christmas baby. Oh, naturally. Yeah, naturally, naturally. What happens after the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of this movie as a movie? I think we kind of 
we kind of shared our thoughts, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, in terms of like, because here, is the movie good? Um, yes. Too busy. Was it a good Ethan Hawke movie? You know what I'm going to say? Yes. Yeah, it was he good looked, for him. He was great in that movie. He was barely in it, but mm-hmm. for the screen time, Ethan Hawke screen time, I would say 100%. Yeah. It was a yeah, very natural Ethan Hawke performance. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, this has been fun. I've been Harper. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Harping About on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. Uh, and something I've been enjoying in pop culture outside of Ethan Hawke is, uh, oh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh-huh. That was a really beautiful movie. I was uh, very engaged and tense the whole time in a very good way. Um, yeah, so by the time this is out, maybe it will swing back around and be in theaters because it was only in theaters for one week That's right. here. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they'll drop, they'll put it in theaters again just pre oscars yes. although i don't think it's not even france's nomination for foreign language film so i don't know if it's going to be nominated this for anything this feels very oscar baby to me that movie yeah i think it should have, I'll, i didn't watch les miserables but that's the one that was nominated it's that's oh, supposed to be good huh. it's on amazon i think okay. but um yeah like based anyway. on the musical no it's about uh crooked cops in france and ah, like racial tension oh, i remember seeing I the think, yeah. trailer yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be good, but I don't know. I yeah. thought Portrait of Lady on Fire was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, catch that however you can. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, uh, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying? Okay, uh, you can find me on Instagram at John Zavaleta. Uh Thing I've been enjoying, I'm going to say uh, we started a rewatch of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Starting with Phantom Menace. Um, oh, wow. Trying, trying <laughs> to lead up to this newest movie which i'm kind of apprehensive about but we'll see um don't at me star wars fans uh (laughs) um and i you know i gotta say phantom menace like has some there's some not great stuff but it has some stuff going for it like world building stuff like Naboo is like beautiful the mm-hmm. Gungan city is beautiful mm-hmm. like all the, there's a lot of like the ships look really interesting there's a lot of cool visuals as far as like setting up a new trilogy it, you know it, it, there was some cool stuff in that movie and of course that Darth Maul fight scene yeah it's freaking amazing. We like saying that entire like score to each other this morning. It's so good. Yeah. So Phantom Menace is like, you know, not it's as bad. Be- it's the best one is what you want. Yeah. It was the best yeah, one. Yeah, that Honestly, movie that and bad. Taxi. I, I got to say. <laughs> My two favorite movies. I Yeah, I also will say it like Jake Lloyd is not the worst child actor I've ever seen and people give him a lot of shit. It doesn't. It's also like mean to, to give a child that much sure. shit. You know what like I mean? He's, yeah. in, he's in prison or something, or arrested or something. I don't know. Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. There's something. He did not age well. I just rem- I remember. Yeah, but. Well, maybe because everyone was so mean to him. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. It's harsh. Yeah, he has like a really weird mugshot. Oh. Oh yikes. I know. Yikes. Poor yikes guy. Indeed. 
It's also a jingle all the way. I just, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Oh. His decision to retire from acting in 2001 was due to bullying at school. As a result, he decided to destroy all of his Star Wars memorabilia. Oh. Jeez. Yeah. That's rough. Uh, Bullying sucks. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Well, sorry, dude. That's rough. Rough rough. situation. He's fine. Uh, well, Oscar, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying? And do you have anything else to plug? Um, people can find me at Ozzymo, O-Z-Z-Y-M-O on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also, uh, I do a, uh, uh, Latinx podcast called Spanish Aki Presents. And you can follow that at Spanish Aki Presents on Instagram and uh, me, along with Claire Logren and Rachel Chapman, host a Disney podcast, Inside the Disney Vault. And you can follow that at Inside the Disney Vault at, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, it's, we're done with it. It's, it's crazy. It's like wow. we finished wow. all of it. It's wild. It's wild. Um, we still have to review Frozen 2. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty much done with that. And then, um, yeah, you can catch me also on the Fox animated show, Bless the Hearts, um, which is very exciting and fun. Oh. Yeah, and that's uh, after The Simpsons, before Bob's Burgers. I don't know what time that that's is. That's a good slot. It's a great slot, yeah. And, wow. uh, or, or Hulu, if you have it. That's mm-hmm. that's how I'm watching the show. Um, but yeah, I play a fun, really dumb character in the show, which is very <laughs> fun. Uh, and what have I been up to? Uh, well, what, do I, what am I really... <laughs> liking right now you know i can't stop talking about the mass singer it's so good (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i've really been enjoying your predictions Uh, on instagram it's just so great i you know it's it's truly the dumbest the dumbest most fun show right now Mm -hmm. mass singer is great great yeah i watched most of the first season Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah i haven't watched the second season i feel like for me like i watched all of the f- episodes that I did watch, I watched in one sitting, and I really enjoyed watching yeah. it that way. Even though it's a minefield of spoilers out there uh-huh. while the show you is have on, to be careful. But, yes, exactly. Um, if you're able to avoid all of that, which is also hard for me because I, I like work for Variety, where sometimes the mass singer uh-huh. does come up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you can avoid that, it's kind of fun to watch it all in one sitting, so you get that immediate gratification of oh, knowing yeah. who everyone is. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's also fun to watch it with people, too. Yeah. Everything is fun to watch with people. That's true. Yeah. That's yeah. how I watch my media. That's yeah. good. People. We, yeah, we Friends do. Friends are good. Um, yeah, we do Riverdale weekly uh, feelings, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. we do um, NBC Thursdays. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how you, that's the whole point of NBC Thursdays, mm-hmm. to watch it with the fam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was, this was very cool. Oscar, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good night, everyone. Good night. Sleep tight. (laughs) This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.